Good morning, everyone. Welcome to New Hope this morning. We are so happy to see everyone here. If you're visiting, welcome. We hope that you've met people and you've got a sign-in card, a, a contact card, connect card. Um, it's a great day, and I hope you are enjoying the scenery in the sanctuary because today is VBS kickoff. Yes, and we are very excited. Um, I've got a few announcements. The first, about Vacation Bible School. If you are helping in any way with Vacation Bible School, please see me briefly in the Hope Center after the service. Food, volunteers, helpers, teachers. Um, we are going to have a time of prayer and a few last-minute details for a lot of you. Um, I will make it brief. I know you will be hungry. Um, another announcement, to s don't forget to sign up for the fellowship that's July 24th. Um, it's in your bulletin, all the details. It's going to be a great day. And I know my family is so excited to be there, and I hope all of you sign up for tubing or the food or um, whichever you can do or transportation. All right. And for everyone, before we, before we pray, I just would ask you all to pray today um, as we're preparing for Vacation Bible School. Please pray for the kids that aren't members here that are coming in maybe the first time here in the gospel this week. Um, I just want to say how excited I am that if you don't know, our theme is the sanctity of life, and I am, um, I will try not to cry, because I am so thankful for the decision this week with Roe versus Wade, and I think it's awesome that we are, yeah, amen, I think it's just awesome that we're doing sanctity of life this week, to, so to celebrate that even more, our children get to learn from us how important life is from um, conception all the way to the end, so let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we are just so humbled to be in your house, to be free to come and worship you and to, to speak with you as a family of believers. Lord, I just pray that you will give us a calm peace this morning as we focus on your word. Lord, this is a, a, a crazy world that we live in, and I am so thankful for the people that have done so much for life, for your kingdom. I thank you for our pastor here who has taught us and guided us through your word. I just thank you for all those people that um, are doing work for you, Lord, that are following you and leading us in your name. I pray for this time that we have together that, that each one of us don't just come here as a check on the list, Lord, but that we're all changed today that we hear your word, that we receive it, and that we go out and live it. And that each one of us that are working this week with our children, that we, that we act in your way and that we speak in your way and that we show them who you are so that they can live in your way. That the children can be blessings to the families. And I just, I give you this time of worship and music and in word and prayer. And I thank you so much for who you are and what you did for us. We love you with all our hearts, Lord. Amen. All who are thirsty to the fountain. Dear 
Our God has a design, a way things should be done. As humanity, you know, you and me, we have chosen sin and have departed God's design. But God in His goodness and grace has made a way for us to be made right, to be made whole. He has sent us good news, the gospel. We then begin this incredible pursuit of Jesus where He takes us as broken sinners and turns us into bold men and women willing to live our life on a mission. So let's begin this journey together now of what it looks like to take everyday conversations and turn them into gospel conversations. This world is definitely in need of more gospel conversations. Would you agree? For sure. In light of all the, the world events, topical issues are, 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 or can be easily turned into a gospel conversation if we're willing, if we're wanting to do that. It's so easy to, to turn those conversations into talking about God. And think about, we all, if you think about it, we, we, we all agree, I think, that our world is in a bad place. Would we? Um, I, I think it's overwhelming statistics that, that would say that. As a nation, we're living in, in spiritual darkness. Sin is rampant and, and evil is, is everywhere. It's not trying to hide anymore. And so, yes, we need the good news. Our world needs the good news. This weekend has been much quieter than I thought it would be in, in light of the uh, the, the Supreme Court decision on abortion, they had a, uh, a night of rage planned uh, on the day that the, they handed down the decision um, from the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade. And, and thankfully, that hasn't materialized as of yet. And, and so I pray that it doesn't, um, that, that things will continue to remain calm. But think about this, what drives... What drives a country to the point of being outraged because innocent babies cannot easily be destroyed? What is it? How, how sad is that? That our world, our country is, 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 is so outraged. Can you even begin to understand the fact that people are enraged and, and weeping in the streets because children are now able to live. Where are we as a society? What kind of nation have we become? Policemen are being ambushed and, and killed. Criminals are now the victims. Lawlessness fills the streets. Uh, corruption controls the organizations. Men are competing as women against women. Uh, what used to be immoral is now, immoral, is now moral. What was once wrong is now right. What was right is now wrong. And we're living in a completely upside-down world at odds with the way God designed it. There's very little happening in this world that's in agreement with God. Our world needs the good news. Our world needs true hope in, in their life. Well, Jesus came to give good news. Jesus came with the good news, giving everybody hope if they'll accept 
He came to show us what's right and what's wrong. He came to, to show us what's acceptable to God. He came to show us how to live a godly life. He taught us tons of valuable lessons. The Bible's full of, of teachings of how to live. He gave us the, 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 the reality of what it means to be a godly person. Everything Jesus said, everything Jesus did was important. Everything that He said, everything that He did, He did on purpose. He did it so we could see how to live as He lived. And so our goal in life is should be to strive to be more like Christ every day. To become more like Him and then to make Him known to the world around us. How are we doing with that? Folks, if a, if a person's last words are, are important and all, then, then certainly the words of Jesus should be, weigh, should be weighing heavy on our hearts. It should be a burden on our hearts to take what Jesus' final words were and to make it a part of who we are. To make it become part of our life. Well, what were Jesus' final words? We find it in Matthew chapter 19. We find it as, as Matthew records those last words of Christ before He ascends into heaven. And this is what He tells His disciples. This is what He tells us today. He records His words in Matthew chapter 9, uh, 28, verses 19 and 20. It says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Those were our Lord's final words. Perhaps the most important words, some of the most important words that He gave us. You see, how is His kingdom going to be continuing on if we don't do it. If we don't take the responsibility of His commissioning of us in that paragraph, in those verses. You see, Jesus has, has given us a mission. He's commissioned us to go out and to sow the seed and to keep on sowing the seed until He returns. How are we doing? How are we doing individually? How are we doing as a church? How are we doing as the church? How are we doing as the body of believers? But the question for us today is how are we doing it individually? How are we carrying out this mission that He's commissioned us to do? Are we fulfilling that in our life? Are we trying, and, and, and that's a big thing, are we even trying to carry out this mission that He sent us on. The population in Cleveland County is about a hundred thousand, a little over a hundred thousand people. According to the Best Places uh, demographics, it says sixty-one percent of Cleveland County say that they're religious. Now, that includes all religions. Okay, so not necessarily followers of Christ. 
and then true believers of Christ. And in fact, maybe 50% of those 100,000 or maybe almost 50% of those 100,000 would be considered evangelical Christians. That leaves over, uh, over 50,000 people unreached, unsaved in this county. Just in this county alone. Now there are roughly 85 churches in the Greater Cleveland County Baptist Association. That's an average of 600 more people per church. We couldn't fit 600 more people in here, could we? Folks, there's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of opportunities out there. That's a lot of folks without the gospel. That's a lot of folks that are dying without Christ. That's over 50,000 people in Cleveland County that are, that are headed for eternal damnation, that are headed to hell because they don't know Jesus. How are we doing with that? Here's a reminder, all believers, all of us, that everybody that considers themselves a believer in Christ Jesus is called to be a faithful gospel witness in their world to the people they're, that they're around, the places we go, the thing, where we work and play, everywhere we go, we're called to be His witnesses. How are we doing? You see, we can't leave it to the professionals because there's not enough of us. So what about this? What about this? If there are 85 churches in our association and I'm talking about the Greater Cleveland County Baptist Association. I don't know, but let's just say there are on average 100 people in each church, which is probably a little bit high. That would be 8,500 people in Cleveland County that are commissioned, that are sent out to, do, uh, the, the, to carry out the mission of Christ. It would take each of those people it would take each of those people reaching just six people. It would take everybody in here reaching just six people. How are we doing? How are we doing with that? Are, are we carrying out that commission? Are we living up to those numbers? You see, God wants to use ordinary people. God wants to use everyday people. God wants to use normal people to carry out His mission. He wants to use me and you. That's who He started with, with just ordinary folks. They were fishermen. They were tradesmen. They were, they were people living their life. God called and said, you are now my disciples if you'll follow me. And when He left them, He said, this is your mission. And He continues to give that mission to us today as believers in Christ. How are we doing with that? In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. 
Let me ask everybody look in your mirror and say, do people know that I'm with Jesus? Do people know that I'm on, on Team Jesus? Do people know that I represent Jesus? When I go out into this world, do people see the acts of Jesus living out through me? How are we doing with that? You see, God has placed each one of us in this place for this time for His purposes. You see, we all could have been born at any time in history, but you were born to live today, right now at this moment, in this time in history, because He has given each one of us a specific task, a specific purpose in life to carry out to further His kingdom to further His purposes. How are we doing with that? The Great Commission, as, as uh, laid out in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus is telling His followers that they'll be, they'll be His witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In, in the Matthew 28, 19, and 20, he says, He's going to go with us wherever we go. Whenever we go out to proclaim the gospel, He is going to go with us. He is going to be with us when we do that. He will give us the words to say. You see, we have to really begin to see ourselves as true workers in God's kingdom. How many of you have a job? Raise your hand. How many of you have ever had a job for those retired folks? <laughs> and we say, hey, yeah, I used to work for. Or if you're currently employed, I work for this company, this organization, this place. But a, over and above where we work, for financial reasons, we're working for the kingdom of God. And so our first call when people say, where are we working? Are we saying we're working for the kingdom of God? Is that our primary task? Is that our, our overarching task in this world, in this life? Are we, do we see ourselves as workers in the kingdom of God? Or do we see ourselves as a member of New Hope Baptist Church? You see, we're God's representatives living in, in enemy territory. And there's true spiritual warfare going on. And, and I know some of you don't... don't it's real, folks. There's a, a, a world of good and evil and, and light and darkness battling for the souls of this world right now, even as we speak. Even as you sit there, the spiritual world of, world of darkness is trying to pull your attention away from the message, away from knowing Christ and knowing Him more deeply and more intimately than He wants you to. That warfare, that battle is real and is true. And so we are, we are God's representative in, this, in enemy territory working for kingdom purposes because there are more people who don't believe in God that don't believe in Jesus Christ than there are 
who do believe in Christ, for sure. And so our homes, our, our offices, our, our, our classrooms all have to be gospel outposts. They all have to be its own little war room there. We, we, we have to be a gospel witness wherever we go, when we're out and about in the, in the grocery store, in the, in the ballpark, in the gym, on the playground, wherever it might be. We have to see ourselves as God's soldiers. Working in the, in, in the kingdom of God for His glory. Over the last four weeks, we've been talking about encountering life. That's been the overarching theme of the, of the series, encountering life. And so how, how do we bring the gospel presentation? How do, we, how do we turn conversations? How do we meet people? How do we begin to share the good news of the gospel with those around us? You found in your seats this morning when you came in some, some silver coins, did you not? If you didn't get some, I've got, uh, get one. I've got some more down here. You can get some after church. I've got plenty more if you want more. I want you to take that coin and put it in your pocket. If you're a woman and don't have a pocket, put it in your pot, pocketbook or your wallet where the change is, where your dollars are, and simply pull that out and give it to someone. Everybody's going to pick up a silver coin, I promise you that. Especially a big one like that. And they're going to look at it and they're going to read it. And so that's part of planting the seed. Man, where'd you get that coin? I don't know, the pastor gave it. I don't know where he got it from, but what does it say on there? Where will you, where will you spend eternity? And on the back of it, it's got John 3.16. But we're going to look at, a, at some information today called the three circles, God. And today we're going to look at that first circle in the upper left-hand corner. It talks about God's, God's design. And God created everything to be perfect. But sin entered the world and, and it's certainly not perfect anymore. But these, this is one tool that you can use. There are invite cards uh, out on the side here. Inviting people to church, hand them one. We'd be delighted if you'd be our guest. Write your name and number on there, okay? We've used these before. There are tracks in the back, back there, okay, to hand people, to begin conversations. There's a CD with three, uh, three different, uh, or DVDs, with three different movies on there about Christ and, and uh, salvation. Our every home packet that we received uh, over the last several weeks, 50 engagers in there for, for everyone to be able to use. And so we have tried to, to, to give you, you know, a bunch of tools to be able to go out and, and begin those conversations with people if we're willing, if we want to. But Russ, that's just not my personality. Well, God gave you that personality, and then God also says, to go. He commissions us to go out. He commands us to share the gospel, to be His witnesses everywhere we go. So 
So we've, we look at all these tools and are we using them? Another tool that I want you to, to utilize on the back of your bulletin. On the back of your bulletin it says, I'm praying for, for those I know who are far from God. I've got three names there, list, or three lines written there. I want you to write three people's name on that line right now, today, or tonight. Three people that you know that are, that are far from God that, that, that you need to start praying for. And, and pray that, that God will open up an opportunity to share the gospel with them to turn a, an everyday conversation. You know, next week there's going to be a ruling about uh, Coach, Joe, uh, Coach Kennedy uh, about praying on the 50-yard line. Okay, he was fired for doing that. Supreme Court's going to rule on that. That's another great topic. Okay, all these decisions that are coming down uh, from the Supreme Court, man, they are great topics to, to turn the conversation back to the gospel of Christ. Because whatever comes out of the Supreme Court, there had to be sin involved somewhere, right? On one or the other party. And it's because of sin that we were separated from Christ. From that communion with Christ. And only having uh, Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior can we be reconciled to Him. What a great... Uh, with everything coming in together. As Mary said earlier... Um, we're doing the Bible school, focusing on uh, we're all wonderfully made. We're God's creation. What are you doing this week? Oh, I got to go to Bible school this, this tonight. What is y'all's thing? Zoomerang, what is that? So how, how are we turning those conversations around? You see on the front of your bulletin, um, the, the actual diagram of the three circles uh, outline of, of presenting the gospel. But remember that, that, that it's God that draws people to Himself. It's God that draws, in people, uh, draws the people to Christ Jesus. We're just called to sow the seed. We're just called to, to make His name known. And, and so this three circles is a great conversational tool, a, a relational tool that we could use to share the good news with. Again, it's, it's called the, the Three Circles. You can download it on your, on your phone. And I'm going to tell you what, it's super, super easy. Okay, it's got about five clicks you click through. It goes from one circle to the next and in each of the, the arrows in between. you got to download that on your phone. you got to have it. That's the easiest tool to present the gospel with that I've seen in a long, long time. And it's always with you. You always have it there. There's no question, well, I need this or I need that. You'll have it on your phone. In Genesis chapter 1, that very first circle in the upper left-hand corner is God's design. And God designed all of us for a purpose. He designed creation to work together, to work beautifully together, to work in harmony with each other. And everything was perfect. 
And it says in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our, in our image, in our own likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. And so that first circle represents God's design. God had a perfect creation, a perfect design from the very beginning. And we see in, as we read throughout Genesis chapter 1 and 2 that we, we see how God tells us about life, how it works together, that we had a perfect designer put a, put a perfect uh, universe into place the way it was meant to be. Ecclesiastes tells us that God put eternity in our own hearts, in every heart, that we long for that eternity. God has a design for, for our life and for every life He ever created or ever will create. God created us and He loves us. God created you and He loves you. And He wants you to spend eternity with Him. Are we living for Him? God created everything and said it was good. He created humans. He created man and woman in His image and that was the pinnacle of His creation. He had made the birds and the animals and the plants and everything else, but we were the special ones. We were the ones that He wanted to have a relationship with. And so He created us for that purpose. He has a design for every aspect of our life. He tells us in, in Genesis 1, 27, uh, about our gender identity, male and female, our families. He said to be fruitful and multiply. In our work life, it says that He gives us dominion over the earth, over the, uh, everything in the earth. That we're to work in the garden. He's created a design for us to have a day of rest, a day of Sabbath. He had a design for marriage. That we're to leave our, our, our families and join our spouse. To leave our families and cleave to our spouse to become one person. One unit, one family. And then God designed us for a relationship with Him. He created us to have that unbroken communion with Him. Like Adam and Eve, before they were allowed sin to come into their life. We see in, in Genesis chapter 3 that God is walking in the garden looking for Adam and Eve. He walked, think about that, He walked with us and, and talked with us. And that unbroken communion can be restored through the gospel. Because you see, in His second coming, when we're all called back up to heaven, when we are living in eternity, we're going to be in the presence of God for all of eternity. Amen. 
Praise the Lord for that. That communion with Him will be restored. And so that first circle of the good news of the gospel is God's design. He put everything in place. He made everything work perfectly. And that's the way it's going to be at the end. And we will experience that if we know Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That gospel message allows us to be reconciled with God, which was His original design. Perfect in every way. And this is what our hearts long for. This is what the, every heart longs for. It's to be in, in, in reconciliation with God. This is what people that are walking in darkness, this is what they're looking for. But they'll never find it in this world. It's only found in Christ Jesus. Over the next coming weeks, we're going to unpack the rest of these circles together. Right now, I want us to watch a, a, a short video that, that goes through the entire gospel project, uh, gospel process, the three circles, so that we'll begin to understand how it looks, how to use it. And as you download this app on your phone this afternoon, right? Maybe you've already done it instead of. But I want us to see it how it works. And how easy it is. This was first designed by a pastor in Florida that was sitting with a person in a restaurant and he drew it out on a napkin in a restaurant to explain to the person he was with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's watch it and see how, how easy it is. Jimmy Scroggins again working on our Gospel Conversations training and I want to give you an example that you can maybe follow as you try to get ready to get reps to share the Gospel of Jesus. So I'm going to show you the three circles, just the Gospel piece right now on the board. The Bible tells us that God has a design for our lives, that God cares about every aspect of our lives. That's our families, that's our personal lives, that's our choices, our money, our sex life, really everything about our life, God has a design for it. If we live according to God's design, then we have the opportunity to live in the arena of God's blessing. The problem is that all of us have a tendency to depart from God's design. When we depart from God's design, the Bible has a word for that, and the word is sin. And inevitably, when we sin against God, when we leave His design, we end up in a place that we call brokenness. Now, all of us know what brokenness feels like. It feels like emptiness. It feels like guilt. It feels like rejection, it feels like shame, it feels like regret. But when we get in this place of brokenness, we always try to fix it. So we try to maybe dive into a different relationship or try to make more money or try to become more religious. But whatever we do, we try to mitigate the pain of our brokenness. We try to escape our brokenness in some way. Now brokenness really hurts and it feels like a terrible thing. But the truth is it's a good thing because brokenness draws our attention to the need for change in our lives. But the change that we need doesn't come from in here. The change we need comes from somewhere else. The good news is that the Bible tells us where that kind of change comes from. That kind of change comes 
from what's called the good news or the story of the gospel. Gospel is just the Bible word that means good news. The gospel is the story of Jesus. Jesus, who is the son of God, who came to earth and he never departed from God's design in any way, not even one time. But Jesus was crucified on the cross for, the Bible says, the sins of the world. That's my sins and your sins. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, God did a miracle. He took the sins of the world, our sins, and put them on Jesus. And Jesus received the punishment from God for our sins. When he'd done everything that he came to do, he said it is finished and he died. They took his body off the cross, they buried him, and three days later, Jesus was raised from the dead. The Bible says that God raised him from the dead to prove that Jesus was who he said he was, the Son of God, and that he could do what he came to do, forgive our sins and heal the broken places in our lives. The kind of change we need doesn't come from in here. The kind of change we need comes from the gospel itself. The Bible says that what we need to do when we find ourselves in brokenness is repent of our sins. In other words, change our heart, change our mind, change our direction, and believe the gospel story. That's the story of Jesus, how he was crucified for our sins and raised from the dead. The Bible says if we'll repent and believe, then Jesus will come into our lives. He'll forgive our sins and begin to heal the broken places in our lives. And then the Bible says that God will give us the opportunity to recover and pursue God's design for our lives. The cool thing about this is that we get to recover and pursue God's design from wherever we are. We don't have to turn back the past. We get to go and believe God and walk with God from right here. Now this is just the gospel piece. There's other things that you need to learn and other things that you need to rep, but I hope that this will help you as you learn to share the gospel of Jesus, turning everyday conversations into gospel conversations. So where do you find yourself in those three circles? Do you find yourself in that broken circle where you know there's something else out there. You've tried the things of the world, but you know that it's not working. It's not giving you the peace. Folks, Jesus Christ is the only one that will, that will fill that gap, that will fill that emptiness in your heart. What's keeping you today from confessing your sin to the Lord Jesus Christ and repenting of your ways and allowing Him to be your Lord? and save you or maybe today you've been reconciled with God maybe today you know that Jesus is your Savior and you're living for him maybe you're not living as well as you could what's keeping you today from completely surrendering and, and, and giving your heart and your life completely to the Lord allowing him and praying God use me God, equip me to use these tools that are available. Help me, God, to be a, play a bigger part in your kingdom. Wherever you find yourself today, I pray that you would indeed earnestly seek the Lord's face, seek His desire for your life, that you would commit to, to furthering, being a part of furthering His kingdom or maybe entering into His kingdom. Say, Lord, let me be a child of Yours.
wherever you see yourself today, I pray that, that you will make it known to God. As we spend our, our next few minutes singing our hymn of invitation, however, whatever God has placed on your heart, make it known to Him, and He will hear your prayer. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we may indeed find ourselves in that place of brokenness in our life where we've tried different things, we've tried the ways of the world and, and tried in our own abilities and tried doing it in our own way. And it's just not working out. We still don't have the peace, God, that you've called us to have. And so, Father, today I, I give you my heart, I give you my life, God. I confess, Lord, that I am a sinner, that I need you in my life that I need your forgiveness, that I know that there's nothing I can do that I can, that'll get me to heaven. Only it's by your grace. God, I believe today that you were perfect in every way, that you bled on the cross for my sins to be forgiven, and that God raised you from the dead to prove that you are the Son of God. Lord, come and be my Lord and my Savior. God, maybe the prayer today is, God, I, I have just been a member, but not an active follower. And God, I want you to be a bigger part of my life. God, I, I want to lay my life down completely for you. I want to know you at a deeper level than I do now. God, I want to have a bigger part in your kingdom's work. And so, Father, I pray today, I pray right now, God, that you would use me in your kingdom. I give you my life. And so, Lord, we ask that you come and have your way. We're trusting in you, Lord. For we have indeed decided to follow you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.